haven't met, my name's Dean, part of the team here, and it's great to have you. If you're new here, you're here on a great Sunday. Uh, we're starting a, a new series today. It's called Rhythm and Flow. Let me hear you say Rhythm and Flow. This is kind of a good feel of that, isn't it? And uh, this series, uh, I'm excited about because over the next four weeks, uh, here on Sundays and on Wednesday nights, we're going to be gathering as well, is a chance to really step back and to kind of have a, a look at the different rhythms of your life and where they're taking you. You know, one of the things that was very exciting for me in the last, uh, I think it's probably about two years now or maybe three, three years ago now, uh, I can't remember, somewhere in there, maybe two I think it is, was the uh, opening of the freeway extension. Does anyone else appreciate it and enjoy it? Now, it, it really, uh, you know, I live in Alcamas. We lived there for several years before it opened. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like going south is a long way. And you kind of drive. It felt like a long time just to end up getting onto a freeway and then to drive. You know, I'm, I was telling somebody uh, the other day, you know, asked me, oh, Alcamas, where is that? And I'm like, well, you go until the freeway ends and then you get off and you keep going. And when... <laughs> Ever you have to describe anything with the words, you go until the freeway ends, you know, uh, it feels like a long way away. And, uh, and so I remember when that extension opened, I was so excited because I knew this was going to knock a bit of time off every drive that needed the freeway. It used to, of course, stop down at Burns Beach Road. And so the thought of going, you know, what? I've only got to go as far as Hester, come down Marmion, turn left on Hester, and then get on the freeway. Well, I was really excited for that. And, uh, and it was great. You know, first couple times realized, you know what, we save about 10 or 12 minutes, uh, depending on how fast I'm driving, uh, for, that we would have off a normal journey. Now, but the funny thing that kind of happened was this. The first maybe month, maybe two months while it was open, I, I noticed something would, would kind of happen as a pattern. There was one night in particular, I remember Lisa and I and, and Levi, we were all heading to some friends' house. We were going to take the, the freeway down there. And we were like, you know what? This is great. That freeway's open. We could leave maybe 10 minutes later. And that thought of those 10 minutes, we were like, what will we even do with these 10 minutes? You know, this is going to be fantastic. Maybe let's just all, like, sit and, and just look at one another and just celebrate. Look, we're just here. We can wait 10 more minutes. No. Take your time getting out of the house. Everything will be fine now with the extension. So we waited our extra 10 minutes, and we started driving, and we were driving down just going, this is just fantastic. Can you believe it? We're literally in the car like, we're going to take the freeway extension. Then we got into some other conversation. We're driving down Marmion. We should have gone left at Hester, and all of a sudden we realize we are almost to Burns Beach Road. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we missed it. How did we miss it? Like, we're this the extension. We're on burnt like this, and we lost it. We lost the time. We missed, like, what is going on here? Have you ever had that experience where you're driving in the car, and suddenly you just come to yourself and realize, I'm, where, how did I get here? Like, how? What was going on? And it's just kind of this experience that happens, and what happens in those moments is whatever has become our routine, whatever has become our habit, whatever has become the rhythm we are accustomed to, just kind of takes over, doesn't it? And, and it's like, I know I, I wanted to. I left with full intention of making great use of that freeway extension. But once I kind of got into the rhythm of driving, conversation, I'm sure I was being charming, that's kind of a joke, but I appreciate that you're like, yeah, no, I'm, 
I'm sure you were. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. But in that rhythm of that moment, totally missed where I intended to go. This idea of rhythm and flow and what we're trying to do at the beginning of the year is to be reminded that Jesus has somewhere he wants to take us. But oftentimes the greatest challenge to getting there, we, we know we want to go there. Like we got every intention to go, you know, gee, I want what you've got, Jesus. But sometimes without us realizing it, a, a certain rhythm kicks in and we end up kind of missing where we are hoping to go. My hope is that this year, you know, and over this next four weeks, that you'll be able to go, you know, at the beginning of a year, it's a fresh time and a fresh start to stop and go, where do I want to be at the end of this year? Where does God want me to be at the end of this year? Where would he imagine I could get to? But just imagining that will not be enough. We have to learn something that I think he wants to teach us about the rhythm to our life. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is teaching on this very idea. These will be some of our key verses for this series. And he says, he gives this invitation. It goes out, it went out then, it goes out today to every one of us in this room. No matter who we are, no matter where we come from, no matter your experience of church or no experience of whatever it is. This invitation, whether you've been going to church your whole life or never until today. This invitation goes out to us. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, this invitation of Jesus that goes out to all people at all times everywhere is an invitation to a new kind of life. Do you know this? Uh, Jesus is inviting you and I to a new way of life. Sometimes it's easy to think that Jesus, you know, we, we can learn about him, and there's a lot that he taught that maybe we could, we could learn in, in certain ways, but I think sometimes we miss that Jesus doesn't want us to just learn about him. He doesn't want us to know a series of facts about his life or anything like that. He wants us to learn from him a new way to live. You know, one of the best definitions I've ever heard of what it means to follow Jesus, what we call discipleship sometimes, is that it's all about learning a new way to be human. Jesus invites us to learn a different way of being a human being, one that finds its fullness in who Christ is and in the way of life that he now invites us into. You know, what a, what a dream to have to think that we could know this whole new way of life that Christ is going to describe for us here and that he wants us to learn it from him. He wants us to teach us how to live this kind of life. You know, I think one of the challenges that our whole thought of how we learn, maybe it's a Western culture thing, it's definitely a little bit of a, a church thing at times, we think that learning new information is going to take us forward. We think that if we just had the right information, read the right book, or studied the right thing, that will take us forward. But we know in almost every area of life, knowledge does not equal transformation. If it did, McDonald's would be out of business. We know. That's not the kind of learning Jesus has in mind for us. Sometimes we think Jesus wants to teach us new information. Jesus wants to teach us a new way to live. 
You know, I, I, uh, a few years back, there's an interesting thing that's different about learning to drive a car in, in the United States where I grew up and, and cars here and getting your license. In the United States, uh, here, well, we'll start here, there are two different kinds of driver's license you can get. Well, there's, m there's more than that, um, but we won't go into every class of driver's license. But you can get a manual driver's license or an automatic, right? So you can either have like a full license, you're allowed to drive manual or not. Now, in, in the United States, that's not the case. There's only one license. You get your license, you could drive an automatic, you could drive manual, it doesn't matter. I never learned to drive a manual, but my United States license transferred over, and so I have a full license in Australia. <laughs> now, this was kind of a good thing for me. A few years back, we'd been in Australia for a little while, and I had a, a friend. He and his wife were moving overseas for a couple of years, and he said, you know what? We're, we're moving overseas. We've got this old Subaru hatchback. You know what? We don't, wh why don't you guys have it? Do you want to just have it? I'm like, yeah, that'd be amazing. He's like, it's a manual. Do you know how to drive a manual? Yeah, I've got a manual license, you know. <laughs> I know how to drive a manual. Like, I know there's a clutch and there's the accelerator, and you've got to move them, you know, sort of in tandem with one another. I know that the smaller gears are for smaller speeds and bigger gears for bigger speeds. I know. I know. So he said, great. How about this? You just drive us to the airport, and then it's all yours, and you drive it home. Awesome, you know, <laughs> but, you know, being as it's your last time to drive it, how about you drive us to the airport, <laughs> and then I'll drive it home. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Good. So, Lee's like, what are, you, what are you, like, what's your, what are you doing? No, nah, I'll be fine. I'll drop them off. It's the airport. It'll be like some sort of back road. I'll go figure it out, you know. I'll, I'll be good. I'll be good. So I drop them off, wave goodbye, and wave and wave and wave till they're out of sight. That's good. <laughs> Miss you guys. And great year, you know. And all right, they're gone. And then I hop in the car and start learning how to drive a manual. <laughs> you can imagine how it went, you know. And I'm like, you know, and I was like, excuse me, sir, can you move along? Yeah, in a minute. So <laughs> it's like, excuse me, sir, why are you not? So, I'm banging it around. I'm smashing through gears. I'm, I'm working my way, getting a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, all right, all right. I don't know. Maybe I spent hour, half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I'm not sure. It was rush hour at this point. And I'm like, well, I got to go home. So I drive out of there. I'm going across the tunnel, and it's rush hour, and I'd never noticed how much traffic there was. You know, it's just stop and go and stop and go and stop and go. And I'm doing about three stops and a go. And, <laughs> I'm like smashing my way through. I get to Loftus Street where we're getting off to head to our unit. And I'm like, when did they install all these hills on Loftus Street? I do not ever remember hills on Loftus Street. And I'm just smashing my way, trying desperately to get home. And I finally, I made it without smashing anyone else or myself. I parked the car and didn't touch it for like three weeks. It was just like, you're out of this death trap, you know. It was just... It was so hard. I'm having to think every little thing. I'm on, like, full alert. All my senses are engaged on everything that's happening the entire time. Going, why did I think this is a good idea? <laughs> See, I knew, I knew how a manual works. I knew the stuff you're supposed to do. But there's a certain kind of learning that can only take place by doing. 
there's a certain kind of learning that is not a learning how. It's a learning the feel of the thing. You know, I love in, in Eugene Peterson's translations, he talks about Jesus saying, he says, come learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. How good does that sound in your life? That learning to follow Jesus is meant to be a way that together with him, we learn to kind of find the rhythm of grace and what it's supposed to feel like. This is what life is. So often we can go through life and we're like, look, I want to follow Jesus. I know he's got a great things for me ahead, but it's just feeling a lot of time kind of choppy because we've not yet learned the rhythm that he wants us to move in. And the beautiful thing that, about these verses in Jesus' invitation, he's like, when you learn these rhythms of grace, when you learn a new rhythm to your life, you're going to find rest for your soul. I mean, how Great is this invitation to find rest for your soul. That everything on the inside, even when life may be completely kind of rough and choppy on the outside, imagine going through life with a restfulness in your soul. You know, living on the shores of the Indian Ocean, we get to see firsthand kind of these beautiful pictures every day, the different changes in what that water looks like. Sometimes in the morning before the breezes come in and it's still and it's glassy and it's at rest. And we know what it looks like when the sea breeze comes in and stuffs the whole thing up, doesn't it? <laughs> now it's choppy and rough and, you know, maybe isn't it as nice to get in there? We know what that looks like. Do you know our souls have a, they've got a, a, they've got a sense and a, and a being to them. And, and do you know the difference of what it's like when your soul is at rest? When it's all churned up and choppy, one of the greatest challenges of our day and age we live in is that for most of the world, most of the time, our souls are choppy and churned up. And sometimes we don't even realize it. You know, Jesus isn't promising, come with me and there will be, you know, you'll never have another, another you'll never hit another red light or speed bump or it's just going to be all systems go. But what he's saying is that when you come with me and you learn to live the way I live, your soul will be at rest no matter what. I had a conversation with a guy this week. He was telling me a bit of an update on a particular ordeal he's been going through for the last almost two years, I think it is. He's newer to faith over the last few years. And he was just sharing how he'd kind of come to the end of it. There was courts and lawyers, all kinds of challenging things involved in it. And he said, you know, but what I want to be able to share with others from my experience, he's like, because I know what it was like to go through life without Christ. And going through this, he said, I want to help people know that when you know Christ, you have something to hold on to. It's a little bit of that language of there was some rest in his soul, that even though everything was choppy and churned up on the outside, he found rest in a way he wouldn't have without Christ. He's experiencing a little bit of that. You know, this rest for our soul, it, it's about us having this wellness to our soul on the inside. And you cannot, you cannot live the life, we, you know, we're, we're, we're called to live. And we will not go to the, the places and spaces God wants to take us until we learn from Jesus how to live in a certain way, to live in the, the, in the rhythms of what he is doing in this world. Wouldn't you love to just know that rest for your soul? You know, there's a, uh, the, the, the challenge sometimes, I think, with this kind of rest for our soul is that sometimes we are, 
we don't realize it. If there's, let's, let's, you know, if there's a certain way that you can only learn by feel, you can only learn by doing, what sometimes we don't realize is that we are living in ways that are contrary to what it takes to have a restful soul. That we actually get caught in the rhythm, not the kind of rhythms of life that Jesus wants for us, but we get caught in rhythms all around us, and we don't even realize it's happening, but we're learning from the rhythms of this world how to live, and then we wonder why we don't experience the rest for our souls that Jesus intends. You know, beginning to learn from Jesus is about closing this gap between this is the life I've heard about and read about. And now as I'm walking with you, I'm beginning to learn how to actually experience it as well. You know, the last part of this passage we'll look at today, we realize that the only way we learn, do you want to learn it? Do you want to learn the rhythms? Do you want to learn what it's like to live in such a way that there is a restfulness for your soul and you're stepping into this kind of life? Jesus elsewhere talks about coming so that we might have life to the full, life abundant. It's this life that just like Jesus, God looks at it and is like, this is what I made you for. But the way we learn it is by actually walking in step with Jesus. You know, he says that uh, we, we actually have to walk with him. He talks about being yoked up with him. Take my yoke upon you. This beautiful picture. You imagine what it's like to two cattle. You know, you've got two oxen. And let's just say you just got a couple great oxen off of Gumtree. You know, you picked them up. Let's say this. Let's say you've got one well-seasoned ox at your house that you have. Let's say I do at my house and I want to plow my my artificial turf for the near year ahead. And so I've got one ox that I've had for years, and he's, he knows the rhythms of what he's supposed to do in that field. If you've got an ox, he knows the rhythms. He's plowed a field before. He knows what that walk looks like. But then you, you get a new, younger oxen, you know, and, and, and it, it, it's just kind of, oh, it's excited. It wants to do it all. It's just excited to get out there and plow. It can't wait for the first day of work, you know. And you want to teach it how to actually plow. You yoke it up to that seasoned ox. You, you put this strap over the both of them because it's not going to learn by you telling it or, or even just saying go this way or leading it by a carrot. It will learn it as it's yoked together with the seasoned one. It will learn from that ox how to plow, how to move, how to find the rhythm that you need. And the picture here is that we learn this rhythm for life. We learn this rhythm, the rhythms of grace. We learn how to experience this fullness and abundance of life that Jesus talks about. We learn it by getting ourselves in step with him. You know, we have a phrase that we sometimes talk about a person who lives kind of a little different. We say, oh, they, they march to the beat of their own drummer. You know, one of the great challenges, I, I think, for actually wanting to live in the rhythms of Christ is that we don't just march to the beat of our own drummer, but we march to the beats that we hear all around us. And coming to Christ and being yoked to him is to learn to march to his beat. It's to learn to hear his beat. It's to learn to feel his rhythm. And it's to learn to walk in step with him. We can't learn it any other way than being yoked up with him, than walking with him, learning from him. We have to learn from him and learn in that way where you learn the new feel for what you're doing. There's this guy... Uh, his name's Destin, I think. He runs a, a website called Smarter Every Day. And he had this really interesting experiment. He took a bicycle, and he had some welders kind of uh, knock up this little concoction for him where on this bicycle, 
if you went to turn it to the right, the wheel would go to the left. And if you turn the handlebars to the left, the wheel will go to the right. Has anybody ever seen this? And he had a, a, a video on this kind of went viral. And so he made this. It's called the backwards brain bicycle because, you know, the thing about learning to ride a bike is it's, you know, it's kind of like learning to ride a bike, right? You just, you learn it once and then it's forever a part of you. And even if you don't ride it for a long time, you'll always be able to ride a bike, right? That's what they say. And um, here's the thing. To learn to ride a bike is one of those things you can't read about it. If you want to learn to ride a bike, you'd learn it by feel. You'd learn it by trial and error. You'd learn it by doing. And now what he was going to do was say, you know what if it was all backwards? What if you had to just totally change it? How difficult would it be to suddenly have to learn to ride a bike when you've ridden it one way your whole life? Would it be impossible? How quick could you learn to ride it in that opposite kind of way? So he does this experiment, and he practices and tries, and it takes him eight months to be able to learn to ride it the new way. Now, he has people, he goes around, he's teaching about this. He'll get on stage, he'll invite people up. If you can just, you know, you don't need to ride it far, but just ride it from, like, here to there. I'll give you 200 bucks. No one can ever do it. And you think, no, no, just hold it straight. Then you won't fall, right? Surely that's what you do, right? You just don't even realize what we all don't realize is the amount of uh, complex calibrations and calculations your body is making all the time that allow you to do something like ride a bike. We think it's easy, but it's actually an amazing testament to the complexity of, of who we are as people. And so even just the fact that those are going, even just to go straight, nearly impossible. It took him eight months to do it. Why? Because he has learned a certain rhythm. He has formed certain grooves in his brain and in how his body reacts and responds. And it took eight months to try to learn what seemed like a simple thing to just do it the opposite. And then he had his son, who was about six years old, been riding a bike for three years. He had his son try to do the same thing. Guess how long it took him? Two weeks. Eight months it took this guy. Can you imagine being discouraged? You know, <laughs> Two weeks. Why? And because it was this exercise that showed how much more flexible, malleable, how much more neuroplasticity, they call it. You know, the brain could form at a young age. But the hard part in learning something new, a new rhythm, a new way of being in the world, is that we all have an accumulated lifetime's worth of patterns and habits and ways of being. Do you know Jesus, why he says, come to me and learn from me, because he knows it's not, you don't, you don't just kind of, great, I learned who Jesus was and what he did, and that's awesome. I put my faith and trust in him. That's great, and now I'm just going to live. No, you have to come to him and learn a whole new way of being. That's Jesus' invitation to us. His invitation is not believe in me over here and live your life over here. His invitation is come, hook yourself up to me, and let me show you a new way to live. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you rest for your soul. I came to bring you life abundant. There's a whole new way of being he envisions for us. You know, this, this series, Rhythm and Flow, is about how do we begin to make this a reality in our lives? How do we go from knowing we have always lived one way and Jesus is calling us not just to learn something new, but to learn a new way of living? And it won't happen easily. And that's why no matter how many years we have followed Christ, there is more we have yet to learn. And not learn like, oh, I need to learn that thing. No, learn about how to live, how to walk in step with him, how to experience rest for our souls, how to find the life he dreams for us. 
Over the next four weeks, this series, Rhythm and Flow, is going to be about how do we begin to see what are the habits and patterns and rhythms and routines that we didn't even know we may have been walking in. And how do we begin to exchange those and say, Lord, would you help me to cultivate the kinds of rhythms you want for my life? Would you help me to create the space where I can learn new rhythm? You know, our little picture for this series is to learn a new rhythm. It's about, it always starts with this. It always starts with a new vision. We will move towards our vision. We'll move towards what we think life is about, our vision. It's, it can be often unconscious. It might be something we've been intentional or not intentional about. But we will always move towards a particular vision. We cannot help it. It's how God's made us. And through this series, we're going to talk about what, what, is, what is your vision? What, what, what are you moving towards? You know, and, and the, and the, but the thing is, and this is where a big gap happens sometimes. We had a vision for what it would be like to follow Christ, but we didn't realize that it wasn't enough to have a vision. When you, talk, you see Jesus saying, hitch up to me, learn to walk in step with me, our habits and the ways that we are, the ways that we act and act repeatedly in this world, our habits will have a huge part in whether we move towards a vision or away from it. And sometimes we got a vision over here, but all our habits are leading us this way. And habits are like the building blocks of rhythm. And once you get into a rhythm, that's when it starts getting easy. That's when you just start ending up somewhere and you don't even have to think so hard about it anymore. And the more you live in this particular kind of rhythm to your life, the more you get into the flow of what God has for you and walk in and step with him. Until all of a sudden what felt like so much work and it took every little fiber of being to figure out how do I do this and God, what would you want from me and how do I do this until eventually you get to the place where it's just, you're in the flow. And you're not having to try so hard, if you will, but your whole life is moving you in the direction towards that vision of what you wanted. That's what this series is going to be about. I want to encourage you. You know, this is one of those ones that's not kind of a, you know, I can just kind of go, yes, you know, uh, I'm excited about this on Sunday. And then I, I walk off and, and go into my week. This, you won't take away a lot over this next four weeks if that's how you approach it. Sometimes that's one of the biggest challenges in experiencing more of God, what God wants for us. We can get excited about something once but not realize that everything else about our, our life is moving in a different current. And so over this next week, I want to encourage you to, to lean into this. On Wednesday nights, we're calling this a four-week focus. We're going to be gathering here on Wednesday nights, just getting around the table with one another. You can uh, sign up for that or come along to that. Just, just get along and around the table and, and beginning to really unpack and look at your life in a fresh way. And looking and see, you know, what's actually there and where would you like to finish, you know, this year? What, 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 would, what would that next steps look like for you? And how do you build some habits and rhythms that are going to take you deeper and deeper into the life that God dreams for you? Because I can tell you, this invitation of Jesus to find rest for your soul is an invitation worth responding to. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to invite the team to come back out. In fact, why don't you just stand up where you are? And I think one of the things that's important to realize we're never talking about something that we can do on our own. And, and just to have a bunch of the right habits still is not enough. What we are trying to do is create a spaces in our life where Jesus can lead us into his way of life. And I'd love to just pray for you that if this morning, you know, you kind of go, you know what? I know this. I know it always starts with, a, with one decision to go, Lord, I want to step into the life you have for me. It has to start there. And maybe this year is a good time for you to sort of start the year just going afresh. Lord, I really want to step into the, the, the fullness of this abundant life you have for me. I want to know that rest in my soul. I want to find what it is to walk in the unforced rhythms of grace. 
maybe you're, you're brand new to church. This is, you don't even have to believe everything we believe. You could even just pray a simple prayer to say, you know what, I want to begin to learn from you, Jesus, how to live. And you may have been a part of a of church for a long time. But maybe it's a good thing at the beginning of the year to just go, help me to learn some of those next steps. Help me to find that rhythm. Why don't you just bow your heads where you are? If you want to be a, <clears throat> a part of this prayer and just kind of saying, Lord, I want to take your yoke. I want to get in step with you. You just hold your hands out in front of you. I want to pray for us as we kind of begin this journey over the next four weeks together. Jesus, in this space, we humbly declare that we need to learn from you how to live. That, Lord, you are the one who offers the hope of life, rest for our souls. And, Lord, we stand as people with open hands saying, we desire to learn from you. We don't want to learn about you. We want to learn from you. Lord, I pray for every one of us with our hands open that over this next few weeks, you would show us things, you'd reveal to us things, you'd help us to see things we've not seen before. You'd help us to hear the kind of beats of rhythms around us that we've slipped into that you'd say to us, that's, you're off the beat there, come, come find this one. The Lord's space is where we are actually living in a rhythm that it's taken us away from rest for our soul. Would you begin to help us to be aware of those things? And Lord, would you just, for every one of us in a really personal way, be showing us what, what you dream, giving us your vision, helping us to find a rhythm that's in step with you. I pray that, Lord, it would be a great witness to the world around us as we become more the people you dream us to be. Thank you, Jesus, for inviting us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue.